0: amen amen whoa this is kind of loud anyways put down for me a little bit so I can I hear myself a lot but I feel like I'm screaming okay anyways guys welcome to elevate here at elevate we start at 7 30 and we have a saying you know we say elevate and you guys say what what okay I'm pretty sure you guys know that so elevate now that's kind of lame one more time elevate I know there's not a lot in here not the people in here, but I can sure get a loud noise from you. Because I've heard you scream. I've heard you scream. Heard you scream. You got excited when school was out. I know you can scream. And I know you guys have been to, like, baseball games, football games, basketball games. I know that you, like, rap. So I know you can get loud. And Mo, I heard you in the staff meeting today that you can get pretty loud. So I need you guys to give me your best what-what, okay? Elevate! Elevate! Alright, that's much better. So here at Elevate we start every Friday at seven thirty. Okay doors open around six. If you want to come here and hang out, by all means go for it. Um here at Elevate Church, we are part of a church called Metro Praise Church, and Metro Praise Church has a vision. If you put that slide up for me, please. You have a vision and the vision is called loving God and loving people. Everyone say loving God and say loving people. Come on, if you guys can say what, what, let me hear this really loud. Loving God and loving people. Amen. We have a strategy to do that, and it's called connect, mentor, and send. So let me break it down. To connect, basically we connect you to the cross. There's a little neat picture up there. We're connecting you to the cross, meaning, you know, we, we tell you, like, this is what it is to live for Jesus. This is what it means to have a relationship with God. Do you want that? Yes. Here, let me connect you. Then we connect you by mentoring you. That's one of the processes we do, and it's a it's called um, a one-on-one discipleship program. We also have a two-on-one, but we start you off with the one-on-one, and we teach you how to live for God. We teach you the principles of having a Christian relationship with God, and then the way we we mentor you in a way that we connect you to the one-on-one is through. Can you put the next slide up for me, please. Life groups. We do life groups every Tuesday at five thirty. Yeah, that's wrong. 530. We meet at the church at 530. I'm here by 5, so if you're here, that's great. But um, every Tuesday, we have life groups, and that's a way for you guys to get to know each other more than just a Friday and waiting every Friday to see your friends. Well, you can see them Tuesdays, and we get in deep with the word. I break down the word that came on that we we preached about Friday and let you guys understand it. Like, the past two weeks, we talked about grace and law, and I'm pretty sure I explained what grace and law means and how you can apply it to your life. And basically, we just get deeper into the Word. We get intimate with God on Tuesdays. And we have a fun time. Um, I know summer's ending. School is starting. Everyone say, ah, uh, oh. Yeah, school started for me already. But um, what we used to do is go to the beach. But now that school started, we can do fun stuff. Like we're planning maybe a Hawaiian night now that the weather is kind of hotter. We might go outside, do some fun stuff. Or we have smoothies because I know, where's Anai? She's not here. But anyways, Tito, your sister... We did smoothies at my house the other day and we found out how to do this bomb, strawberry, pineapple, orange. It was amazing. Kind of smoothie. I kind of want one now. I'm kind of thirsty. But anyways, so every Tuesday, 5.30 live groups, okay? That's the way we can mentor you as well. And then the last part of our strategy is back to the slide, por favor. Is send so once we've equipped you with the one to one, if we sent you to the two one, even the two one, we send you out and we train you up to be a disciple for Jesus. We send you out to do evangelism. We send you out to lead in the ministry That you can see some of our leaders here. You see them working in the back. You see them here. You can see myself also doing behind the scenes. You know they teach you how to preach like I'm doing here now because before I used to be in that sound booth. So um, we send you out and to do the things for Jesus, do it big, right, to, to make you guys world changers, right, and history makers for Jesus, and uh, we also have a goal that we want to do, and it's 100,000 disciples in Chicago, that's not a big number, that's not a big number, A 100,000 disciples is nothing compared to how many people are in the world, and so imagine that 100,000 reaching one more, and then one more, and then one more, you can cover the whole world with that. So basically, we want 100,000 disciples in Chicago, only in Chicago, all right? And then we want 50 churches, we with 50 churches, and we also want to plant 500 churches around the world. So pray for our nations, all right? Our nations in Nepal, our our churches in Nepal and in India, um, in um, Nigeria and Pakistan. You know, we have one in the Philippines. So pray for the churches to arise in the nations because. You know, the, what the, what does the Bible say? The nations will be our inheritance. God has already said it. There are hours. We're going to claim it, and we're here to do that. Amen? Amen. All right, next slide for me. Tithe and offering. Okay, tithe and offering. Now, I used to go to Catholic Church, and when they said, you know, time for the diesmos, time for the, the tithe and offering, what would happen would be is people just gave whatever they had in their pocket. I always remember my mom or my dad giving me, I'm putting it on blast right now, always giving me a dollar. I was like, okay, put it in the bucket, great. You know, the little basket would come around, and you, you know, dollar. I have people next to me taking change because I didn't want to put the whole 10 in there. But basically, when I came to a Christian church, when I was taught how to be a real Christian, they taught me that a tithe, the diezmo, which means 10, um, well, part of the word means 10, means 10%. So a tithe is 10% of what you make. So I know my parents were not making no $10 a, uh, a week, okay? So when you make, you know, whatever you make throughout that week, throughout the month, whatever, in your paycheck you're getting, where you give 10% of that, okay? So, like, for example, I work, make 100 bucks in that week. I'm going to tithe how much? $10 off of that, right? So we knock off a number off the end. So tithe is a 10% of your total income. And offering is anything after that 10% tithe after that. You know, that part that you've given already from your income. So you can give 10% of that to God and the rest to Jesus, if you want. Or you can divide it up. But, um, can I get the next slide? We're going to have an example. So an example. Okay. I'm going to have a volunteer over here. Okay, Michael, you can do it. What's 10% of 649? 6490. And the answer is, oh, uh, you're wrong. I'm kidding. Just kidding. Anyways, fine. Don't get mad at me. Okay, anyway, tithes and offerings. So if you, if I can get you guys to stand to your feet, four foot lower. Yes. Okay. I'm going to read the scripture all together, okay, at the same time, not after me, okay? Because I struggle with that. Okay, ready? The count of three, we're going to read it together, and then we're going to pray, all right? One, two, three. Acts 20:35. One more time, one more time. Ready? One, Acts, okay? One, two, three. Acts 2035, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. All right, thank you, Jesus just for this time god for just this moment just suspending your presence lord god i pray god that um as these students come forth with with just an offering or tithe with you jesus that you would bless that abundantly lord god that you don't see the yeah. amount that they give but you see that Sometimes that so they give it from the cheerfulness of their heart you've, you've you see it from the pure you the people. pure uh, motives that they have, have jesus and i pray, you pray that you bless them with that if you have a uh, students in here looking for a job, I pray, I pray that you would give them favor for that, Jesus. If you have any adults in here looking for a job or a better job, God, that you would bless them with hours, you would bless them uh, with more opportunities to go somewhere else, Jesus. But I pray you just financially, um, just give it all to them, Lord God, that you said in your word, God, that you would pour it in our lap and it would overflow we and we receive that and we know that you are not a liar and we know that you are um, the truth, God, and we know that you will, um, that you keep your promises, Lord, so we receive that in Jesus' name. More. I meant that yeah. It's a trip that You let me lead They're you come Sometimes forth I'm Sometimes I need you And I need you To understand that I'm dying
1: everything Trying to be a better man And I put that on my better mama man. I love the way you play your part Through my drama yeah. The long nights Long flight Trips oh. out of town You keep my head up When it was hanging down Down Like four flats on a lack
2: I let you down And you still keep Just coming I my, yeah. yeah. my heart And hope
3: To live To make you smile
0: Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen. Gotta kind of pray for me because um I'm kinda of getting sick too. So in the middle of worship I'm like trying to sing Freedom Freedom So I'm kinda of hard. Pray for Adam too. He has a kind of a sore throat. So I have the honor of giving the word tonight, which is a good thing. I was kind of looking forward to it because I kind of am the person that likes to ask for what I'm supposed to be doing. I'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna coast it." And so he tells me I gotta go, and then he's gonna give me a month in advance to do it. But lo and behold, he gave me like a few hours in advance to do it, which is not a big deal because you know I love God and I trust Him. That he's gonna give me something that um will just be able to that I would be able to share with you guys tonight. And um, personally, it's something that's been. And throughout the week, I've been listening to, you know, back in schools, they were listening to sermons, and um, I'm not required to, but I still want to do it, because I still want to get my dose of the Holy Ghost, and so I basically got this word from Chancellor, and it's spoken to my heart. I don't know if you guys know me well enough, but some of the girls do, and I'm big on being independent, you know, I'm obviously not married, and I'm big on that, and I'm, I am excited that I'm single because that gives me the opportunity to press into God more. That gives me opportunity to do more things for the Lord. Not the married couples can't do that, but it's kind of hard when you have to focus for that. And I know my married couples understand that because they read my blogs on Tumblr. Right, Monique? And just um, saying, but I'm big on that. And there's a season in my life that I'm going through right now where basically it's um, God's like used to be more mature. And it was more of a like spiritual rebuke i'm not gonna say mouth shot. anyways it was a rebuke because you know i'm all about that like i'm independent i can be bold and la da da but when push comes to shove i don't do it i'd rather sit in the back and just let everyone else do it for me it's like all right you don't you're not forcing me to do it i'm not gonna do it and god's like you're you're all about saying you're gonna do this you're gonna do this and you don't do it grow up cynthia he said i was like oh, jesus i'm sorry you know and and it's really hard it's really hard for me to do that um and I'm just being transparent with you guys. I don't have anything to hide. And I believe what Adam made me do today was just like, man, preach. And I was like, all in my flesh was like, no, I can't. You can't. You didn't give me an advance. La, da, da. I always come up with some excuse. Ask Adam. Do I come up with an excuse? He's shaking his head because he can't, he can't say anything. But, yeah, I come up with an excuse. I don't have enough time. And, and basically, this, this, these past few weeks, I was like, if he, Adam tells me, if any of my leaders tell me to do something, I'm just gonna say yes. There's no but. I'm not on the butt diet this time. I'm just gonna be like, okay, all right. You want to do nonsense? Okay. You want to preach? Okay. You know. And so, basically, God is telling me stop being, you know, stop being a baby. Stop being a baby. Grow up. You know, it's time to walk the walk that you're always talking about. And and so I'm really, I'm, it's time for me to take that. And so God has been giving me this message through my leaders and through what I'm, re, what what's being revealed to me through my prayer time. And here I am going to give it to you guys, because I believe and I know that God's going to encourage you through that. Amen. Amen. So let me start off with prayer, and then we're going to get into the work. Amen. Okay, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God, for the opportunity, God, for the honor, God, that you've given us. You've given me, Jesus, that you've just given me just knowledge, wisdom, love, grace, mercy, God, in abundance, God, of, of just being able to, to have that honor, that privilege, God, of just bringing forth your Holy spirit, your word, Lord. Um, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in the students' lives. And I pray, God, that tonight, God, that today will be a day that will never be the same, God, that it'll be something that they will receive and they will really, really, um, think about God. And And just forming a relationship with you and forming something solid with you, a foundational relationship with you, God. And I pray, God, you touch them, God. It's in the deepest desire of my heart, God, that you change my life and you change my leader's lives and you change my students' lives, God, that you just touch them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you want to go ahead and put that in the overhead, I have the first scripture. If you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to go to Mark chapter 8, verse 27. Perfect. You're really fast. Good job, Tito. Anyways, I don't have my glasses, so I'm glad I wrote it here. Anyways, Peter's confession of Christ. Okay? Verse 27 Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi, and on the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Right? Then they replied, the disciples replied, saying, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others. They say, what are the prophets? But then Jesus said, what about you? He asked, what do you say I am? And then Peter answered, you are the Christ. So what are the two key questions that Jesus asked in the scripture? He said, what? Who do people say I am? And who do you say I am? That's what Jesus said. You see it in there. It has it in in red. That means Jesus is speaking. So he said it himself. Who do people say I am? And who do you say I am? Now. Oh, this is funny. Anyway, so what let's let's try to translate that. So when he says who do you what who do people say I am? What is Jesus trying to get at? He means like what 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 do other people say about me? Right? What are other what are what are other people's viewpoints about viewpoints about me and what what does the world say about me? What do they say? Now, then he goes on to ask, you know, what what do you think he's getting at here? Think about it. Don't answer it yet. Then he says, "What do you say I am?" And then who is he talking to? You. What's your relationship with God? What, what do you think of Jesus? Because how many here know it's easy to cheat? Right? Because you can look up the answer and you put it in the question. There's no thinking involved. It's easy to take whatever's written in one side of the book and copy it to the other side of the book, right? Okay. I mean, who, who's cheating here? Um, you, y'all better tell the truth. Okay. Okay. So if you've cheated, you've taken one side of the book and you copy it to the other side of the book. So now, now just say you have an opinion. Right? An opinion is something that you think. But but it's so easy to be like, well, my friend said this the other day, so I'm kind of, I don't have an opinion on it, or I really don't want to think about it, so I'm going to say what they say. You know, or um, like Oprah. How many of you guys have an impression of Oprah? You know who Oprah Winfrey is? Right? Yeah? You know who? Give me yes or no. Not your heads, yes or no. You know who Oprah Winfrey is? How many of you guys met her in person? No. But we go off on what other people say, right? But they said it, not, not you. So it's easy to take someone else's opinion about someone else and talk about that, right? But when it comes to meeting that person, who knows? Oprah might be a cool person. I'm not saying it I'm not sticking for Oprah. I personally have never met her. But from what I hear, I don't want to meet her, right? But not like this. Now, Jesus. Now, let's relate it to Jesus. Now, everyone can talk about Jesus, right? You have the atheist talking about, well, it doesn't exist. God doesn't exist. Or you have the people that are anti-Jesus. that Jesus was this, Jesus was that, Jesus had sex, Jesus had babies, that Jesus had a baby mama, all this stuff. It's so easy to talk about Jesus. Yeah, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus, right? But you do. That's the difference. You have a relationship with Jesus. So you can talk about Jesus. You can stick up for Jesus. And they can talk all they want, but it doesn't mean anything. Okay? So it's so easy to take upon what other people say about jesus than what you can say about jesus okay so here's the thing you can learn so much all you want you know you have people out there they're not really christian you know one of my professors was talking about um my friend my professor dr miller he teaches my old testament history class and he's talking about how you know he got his um doctorates in like old testament old testament literature and he's so smart dr miller is like one of the He's a genius, okay? He's so smart. He talks about Rubik's Cube and how to solve Rubik's Cube. He's just awesome. So basically what happened was um, he talked about how he had to do his dissertation on the Old some part of the Old Testament or something like that. And what happened was he was using a commentary off of a guy that knew the Bible so well. He knew the Old Testament so well about God's Word. He knew it. But how many know that you can know all the Bible all you want? And so many theological terms all you want, but not have a relationship with Christ. That happens, right? You have atheists that know scripture back and forth, but they don't have a relationship with Christ, right? And so when when it's so easy for them to talk about Jesus, but not really, really talk about Jesus because they don't really know him. Because they don't really have that, what's the word? Relationship with Jesus. Now, it's so easy to have head knowledge. It's so easy to get out of that. And I'm here to challenge you today. Okay, I'm talking to you guys today, to you. It's so easy to come to Elevate. It's so easy to come to Sundays. It's so easy to come to Midweek. It's so easy to come to discipleship. It's so easy to come to Life Groups and learn about Jesus. You guys, amen, you guys learn about Jesus, right? You're learning, amen? I hope so. Okay, you're learning about Jesus. You're learning how to live for God, amen? Okay, cool. Now, some of you are in Bible college. Some of you want to be in ministry and you're helping out in ministry. And you guys are learning how to work the ministry, right? Right? Amen, at least I am. But it's not about that. You can have all the head knowledge. You can have um, you can have all the tips on how to be a Christian. You can have all the guidelines. But if you don't have intimacy with love, with, with intimacy with God, then it means nothing. You know, um, and it's and it that's what Luke ten, Luke ten, Luke ten twenty says. Do not rejoice that the spirits or the evil spirits or devils submit to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven, that your names are written in heaven. So it's not about just having head knowledge. It's not about just getting discipled and I'm going to be a 2 and I'm going to graduate and I know everything in that chapter 11, defending the faith and Islam and Jehovah's Witnesses and all that stuff. I know all of that. But in the inside, you really don't even have an intimate relationship with God. That doesn't even matter. God's not even looking at that because in God's eyes, you're not even really there for him. You know, in uh, Paul in first Corinthians, he talks about having all these different kinds of gifts, you know, um, having like speaking tongues, prophesying. But then he says, if I don't have love, then I don't have anything. If I don't have love, then what you what what Paul says is, if I can have these gifts, but I don't have love behind these gifts, then what it is, is I sound like a clang, a sound, uh, a clong. <laughs> I sound like a gong or like a clanging symbol to Jesus. So imagine that like you're saying Jesus, I love you. Clack, 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 clack. That's all God's hearing. Jesus, you're worthy. Clack, 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 clack. That's all here. God's hearing. Can you picture that? you understand that? Yeah? Can you put the drums up for me? The drums? Are they on? Are they on? Did you turn them off? Okay. So I'm going to talk, and I'm going to say, Jesus, I love you. But then you tell me if it sounds great. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. God, you are worthy. God, you are worthy. I love you so much. Now, how many of you guys want to hear that? No, right? Now, you have a boyfriend and girlfriend. I love you so much. You're so worthy. I love you so much. I want to be with you. That sounds ridiculous, right? What about if Monique told you every time, Chris, I love you. Love you. I love you. It's like, shut up. Like, seriously. Sorry, you can turn it down. But basically, that's how God is. If you have no love behind anything you're doing, that's what it sounds like. How many of you guys want to hear that on a daily basis? How many of you guys think God hates hearing that? He doesn't like it. Right? Okay, so, the relationship, or you, what, what God wants you to do, you can know all the knowledge, but he wants that love. He wants that intimacy. And he wants you to rejoice in your salvation. Like I said in Luke, don't rejoice that the Spirit submits to you, but rejoice that you know, your names are written in heaven, that you are saved, that you have a relation with God, that you're going to get to go see God. You're going to get to meet him when you die, you know, rejoice in that rather than having all the knowledge. That's great. I I applaud that. I want to know more of God because getting more, getting to know more of God, obviously, you know, more of him, you know, you know more, you get to study in him, you know, more of him, all that stuff. I love it. I want to, but I want to have love behind. I want to do it because I love him. And that was just my introduction. Are you guys ready to take notes? Yeah? Anyways. But, um, so that's how, that's how the scripture is it. Uh, scripture, that's how, when Peter replied, Who do you say I am? And how do you think Peter said you are the Christ? Because what, what did Peter do? He said, you are the Christ. Why? How did he know that? Because he was spending time with Jesus. He was t- spending time with prayer. He was getting to know God. Jesus was trying to get that out of his disciples. Like It's so easy to, to tell me what the world says because they were so quick to respond. You could see that. You see, they replied. You see that part? It says, um, who do people say I am? And they replied. They means a whole bunch of them, right? They replied. Some say John the Baptist. They had so many answers for this. But when it comes to who do you see I am, only one answer. It says Peter. Peter answered, you are the Christ. And that's when he got a revelation of who God was. Here Peter was doing miracles and doing so many things with Jesus, but inside he was still kind of like, yeah, you're God. Yeah, I live for you. Yeah, yeah, you're going to do big things. But when he got answered, like when Jesus asked him that question, he was just like, you are the Christ. You are God. You are the Messiah. I believe it now. You know? Okay, so point number one, basically, well, before that, a relationship begins by falling in love. That's point number one. If you want, if you are taking notes, you can take notes. Um, I'm gonna have, I think, five notes, five points. I mean, point one is falling in love. To be in a relationship, you need to fall in love, right? How many guys just? How many guys have like an arranged marriage? I know I don't. Okay, so you know what happens when you form a relationship? To get in a relationship, you what? Fall in love, right? amen amen so falling in love means losing yourself into the other person now when you love someone you're gonna get lost in them you're gonna be all about them you're gonna be like hey you know we're all one the scripture says we're one we're together i'm not talking about the mushy like chick flick stuff you know like you complete me okay i'm not talking about that stuff i know you probably stopped moving because you were just anyways but you know Falling in love with a person, you're all about them. You're all about them. They're not your idols, but you love them dearly, that you really would do anything for them. Okay, how many of you guys want a relationship like that? Amen. I do. Anyways, so it means taking sacrifice. Obviously, you're going to give up some stuff that you don't like. Like, um, I'm not in a relationship now, so I can't really speak for it. but I'm pretty sure Monique and Chris have things. Well, Chris used to love probably hanging out with his friends all the time. You know? I'm not saying you don't let him, okay? I'm um, hypothetically speaking. But Chris loves hanging out, likes going out with his friends, spending time, being a boy, blah, 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 having bromance. Now that he's wife, he has to split that time and attention with his bros and give it to his wife, right? He had to sacrifice that. Why? Because he loves her. Same thing with Monique. I'm pretty sure Monique likes hanging out with us, you know? And the same thing with anyone here who will potentially be in a relationship. You guys are too young, so don't do it. I'm 23, and I'm telling myself, don't do it. So that's my thing. Like, it takes sacrifice. You're going to have to give up something to be able to give to them, okay? Now, when we get into a relationship, we have to be careful not to get into a relationship out of lust. What is lust? Okay, yeah, she looks fine. He looks fine. That's lust, okay? But in a relationship, when you fall in love in a relationship or fall in lust, you know, in a relationship, what is it? You're getting into a relationship because with a lustful relationship, you're getting into a relationship trying to see what you can get out of it, what you can take out of it. You know, oh my gosh, he is fine and he is rich and he has a job. I want him. He loves the Lord. He has his own ministry. Of course, I want to marry him. Oh my gosh, you know, like I'm going to have such a big future. But now am I really in love with this guy or do I just want him for what he has? Right. I'm in lust, right? I don't have to be in the physical to be in lust. You can lust after what you can get out of that relationship, what you can get, what are the advantages you can get out of that. And then when you fall in love with the person, and you are in a relationship in love with them, you fall in love with them because you you want to be able to give something. It's the same thing with God. So are we in love or lust with God? Are we in lust where all we want is give me, give me, God, bless me with finances, bless me with prosperity, bless me, God, bless me. We want this. We want favor in our lives. We want you to to make our lives perfect. Or are we in a love relationship with God where it's, God, I want to give you everything. They're like that. Do I want to give my everything in a love relationship with God? Or do I want to get everything and take everything from God in a lustful relationship with God? We have to remember to recklessly abandon ourselves to God. We have to lose ourselves in God. Okay? Lose ourselves in God. Um when everyone was getting married and we lived or I lived in the dorms and it was pretty funny because Susie bought this book. It's called Lady and Waiting. I'm going to kind of talk to my girls here, but um, it's called Lady and Waiting. And she was reading this book, but lo and behold, she got into a relationship. She stopped reading the book and she's like, take it. And I was like, oh, thanks, because I'm the last single in here. So of course I'm going to get the book. Monique kind of read it too. She wasn't the last single, but it was in the process of happening Anyways, but the lady in waiting was talking about having a place setting for yourself. And it was really good. It really opened my eyes because a lot of times as women of God, um, people, we're waiting for our husbands and we're kind of like, well, I don't need to do nothing. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to buy a house. I don't have to dress nicely. Blah, blah, blah. I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to buy myself good things. I don't have to prepare anything because you know, we, we kind of get in the mindset like, when we have a husband, we'll do that. When we get a man, we'll do that. But wrong, this book was saying we can do everything we can do without the husband. When you have your husband, you can still do it when you're single. And so when it said play setting for yourself, it was talking about, and, and the example was saying put in a styrofoam plate and a styrofoam cup, and that's how you would go home and you eat. Well, why do I need to take out the china? Why do I need to take out the nice plates? Why do I got to take the metal forks out? Why do I have to take all that stuff? Why do I have to take it out? I'm not, not going to impress anyone. I don't have any people over. Who do I have to do that? I'm not eating with my husband. So I'm just going to eat with the paper plate because a paper plate and a of a cup. But what that was saying to ourselves was we're not good enough. It's, we're not there yet. We're not able to get to that next level in our life without having a husband. And what it was saying, no, it's pull out those plates, pull out that nice fancy cup, you know, dress in your best clothing because you don't need a man to do that and that's what, she, and then in the book, it was talking about being recklessly abandoned for God. Don't wait. Don't be that sleeping beauty waiting for someone to kiss you, to wake up, and then your life starts. Be that, don't be that sleeping beauty. Be the one that's already awoken. Be that princess that's already woken, doing the thing for Jesus as if you already had a husband because Jesus is your husband. Amen? And so speaking to you girls out there, you don't need a man to do any of that. Now, by all means, I'm not trying to say that I don't need a man. I want one. Right, Monique? Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's because she read my blog, and she really laughed at it. And I was just like, I'm not kidding. Anyways. But um, so recklessly abandon yourself to Jesus. You too, guys. You don't need a woman to find your clothes. You don't need a woman to learn how to wash and clean all the stuff in the house. You don't need a woman to have a house. You don't need a woman for that. You don't need a wife for that. You guys can be independent men. Trust me. It's a, it's attractive when a girl knows, like, oh, you you know how to wash your own clothes? All right. You know? So anyways. But... John 14, he says, he lives with you and he will be in you. He wants to fall in love with you. Jesus wants every part of you. Be recklessly abandoned to Jesus. Lose yourself in Jesus. Amen? Let me go on to my next point. Number two. Another part of the relationship is spending time in the relationship. Spending time together in a relationship. Okay? Think about him. Wanting to be with him or her. When you're in a relationship, you have a girlfriend. I know probably you guys are kind of single. Except for you two. Um... Can I get amen from you guys? When you guys were in a relationship, you wanted to see Chris like all the freaking time, right? And you too, right? Okay. But because you wanted to, right? Because you wanted to in the same way like that. Of course. When I was in a relationship back like five years ago, praise the Lord, I'm out of that relationship. I wanted to be with him all the time. I did. I wanted to be with him. All the stinking time. Not that I want to crowd a space, but whenever we have free time, hey, what are you doing? Let's hang out. Hey, what are you doing? Let's do this, you know? And so the same thing with God. God wants to spend time with you. You're in a relationship with God. He wants to hear you. He wants to spend time with you, okay? You have to work with making time with that. It doesn't just fall into your lap. God's like, I'm here. The time stops. Let's spend a relationship with me. No, you have to make time with that. And sometimes, and sometimes there's, there's idolatry in that. Not in spending time with him, but there's temptation and idolatry that keeps you away from spending time with God. Like ministry. oh, Ministry can keep you away from God. Ministry kept me away from God. I was losing time in, in spending time with God because I was all about ministry. i got to make sure this is all right, but my ministry was failing because I wasn't spending time with God or my job. Oh, I have to work, I have to work, I have to work because this is important. I'm making money. I can't just, this looks wrong in my professional thing. My professional resume, whatever, and I have to do this. God, you gave me this job. I have to work in excellence. But I wasn't spending time with God, and I was suffering in there mentally and physically and spiritually, everything. And so, because I wasn't spending time with God, because I was so focused in ministry, I was so focused in spending time with my friends and trying to maintain these other relationships. My relationship with God was failing and that was leaking. That was seeping. That was just pouring onto these other relationships I had with people and everything was so rocky and so wrong. And I was just so irritated all the time. But that's why, because I wasn't working at it. I wasn't carving out my time. I wasn't Forcing myself to have time with God. And that's the thing. When you are in a relationship, you do what it takes to spend time with them. And the same thing with God. You need to do what it takes to spend time with God. Even if it's, I'm not going to have a phone. I'm not going to watch this TV show. As much as I like watching this TV show, I'm not going to watch it. Because I want to spend time with God. If it is, well, I want to spend time with my friends. But I haven't prayed today. Well, sorry friends. My relationship with God is, is, is more. And if you're Christian friends, understand that then by golly, that's awesome. They should, because they're Christian. But if your secular friends and your worldly friends don't understand that, you're going to have to be like, talk to the hand. I'm talking with my boo. I'm talking with Jesus right now. Okay? That's what you're going to have to do. Because sometimes they won't understand that because they don't have that relationship and they won't understand. They don't know no better. Okay? Joe talks about it all the time. They don't know no better. My friends don't know better. I'm always at church. You're always at church. You don't have time with us. Sorry. He comes first. And then they get quiet and they have nothing to say because... It's true, because God should come first. Um, Jesus is jealous for us, not of us. Now, this is when I talk about Oprah, and Oprah would say, well, Jesus or God is jealous of us? Why would God be jealous of us? I'm just a human. No, he's jealous for us, for us. He's jealous to spend time with us. He desires to be with us. It should be a joy to spend time with God, okay? Not a burden. Not like, don't take this, like, Man, Cynthia said, I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, I have to spend time with God. Don't take it like that Mm -mm, because that's going to even be more worse. Okay, you're going to make it more worse for yourself. And so don't take it like a burden. It's a joy to serve the Lord in our meetings. It seems like this meeting and the meeting before that, the theme has been um, the joy of the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay. And so it's true. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're always in the joy of the Lord, then everything is a piece of cake. I came back from Mexico and I was just like, that that's going to be one of my mottos. Like I was doing my devos on the like 24 million hour ride home. And I was just like, man, do I, if I have joy all the time, why do I have to be, I can't, I don't have time to be cranky. I don't have time to be irritable. I don't have time to take up an attitude. And I do make mistakes. I will take up an attitude sometimes. But in the end, it's like, let me just be happy. Let me be happy because if I'm happy, I have the joy. Everything's going to fall into place. I have the strength to just love God. I have the strength to just be like, everything is going to be all right. Because God saved me. Because I'm a child of God. Because God, I'm in a relationship with God. Everything's going to be great. So in Nehemiah 8.10 says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Take that. A relationship with God, when you spend time with God, that's a joy. And it should reflect as joyful. You should come out of devil time like Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You should come out like that. Okay, if you don't, it's okay. We'll pray for you. <laughs> Anyways, so point number three: in a relationship, there's always conflict. Okay, I'm not talking about a perfect relationship that you see like Barbie and Ken, and they don't have problems, right? They have problems in their life. Relationships have problems. They have conflicts. People are wrong. I'm wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're have you guys have arguments before, right? You guys are gonna be my. My point, people, because you guys are kind of the only people in a relationship in the physical right now, okay? So, you've been wrong and you've been wrong, right? So, you ha- one of you guys have to admit it's wrong for the c- argument to be done, right? So, the conflict in your relationship is you have to admit you're wrong. That's a good point. That's a good advice to someone, right? So, admit you're wrong. Humble yourself. Same thing with God. You need to admit your fault. As a Christian, you're going to make mistakes. As a Christian, you're going to mess up. You're going to fall, Okay? Awesome. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, You are going to mess up. You're going to do all that stuff. You're, You're going to mess up in your relationship with God. But God, it's not time to run away from God when you mess up. It's time to run to God. When you mess up, it's time to ask for forgiveness. Because what does it say in First John one eight? It says, "If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just." What does it say? He is faithful and just. He is faithful and just. And it says, "We will forgive." he and will no, and he will forgive us our sins and us from all unrighteousness as he is faithful and just he doesn't say he's gonna give up on you he does not say he's gonna kick you to the curb he doesn't say he's gonna just push you away jesus wants to forgive you jesus desire his desires for everyone to be saved you mess up you make mistakes he understands that come to him and say i'm wrong god you told me not to go to that party. I'm wrong, God. Forgive me. You told me not to go to that bar. I'm wrong, God. You told me not to do that in my, you know, when I hang out over here. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And God's going to forgive you because he's faithful and just. And that leads to trust and commitment. Do you trust that? Do you trust God that he is faithful and just? Do you trust that he's not going to give, he's not going to, he's not going to give up on you? My God is a God that doesn't lie. I don't know about you. My God doesn't lie. In Hebrews 6, it talks about how our God is not a liar. He doesn't lie, okay? He's not your friend that betrayed you. This God is not your ex-boyfriend. This God is not your ex-girlfriend. This God is not the friend or person that has hurt you. He is a God that does not lie. He is faithful, and he will be faithful for you. You need to trust that because his promises, he keeps those promises. He doesn't just give us promises because he can, because it's like when a millionaire just throws dollars everywhere. No, God doesn't throw promises everywhere because He has an abundance of them. He throws them out there because it's true. Because God is a God that doesn't lie. You need to trust that because He is committed to you. He is faithful to you in the same way that you should be faithful to Him. That you should be committed to Him because He is returning that. He's returning that to you. Amen. It's like um, he, the word. What the what does the word say? It's um, His ways. Are not or your ways are not his ways, okay, just because he doesn't doesn 't resolve your problem the way that you wanted it, well, your ways are not his ways, your thoughts are not his thoughts, okay, and because that 's not there he 's not going to solve it in the physical, but he 's going to solve it in the spiritual. Okay, he's going to do whatever he can in his power. He's not going to come out from the clouds and be like, oh, Donnie Mar, you messed up. Let me take you by the hand. Let's walk away from him. But no, he's going to be in the spiritual, going to show you what you did wrong. In the spiritual, he's going to give you a word and he's going to put leaders in your life and he's going to show you how to overcome this through prayer, through, through, and it says fasting in the word. But if you want to fast, by all means, go ahead, and do it. But in prayer, prayer works. Prayer works. God does answer you. And last but not least, be a listener. God, as much as you can talk to God and ask for that, be a listener in that. Show gratitude. Say, God, thank you for that job. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you because God wants a listener. I know I'm a person like that. I like I, I like to talk, but I like to be quiet. But I like it when people listen to me and say thank you and you did a good job or you know, I appreciate you. I like that. The same thing. God God likes that. God likes to say likes to hear that you know you're thankful. Likes to hear that you're great that you're you know, you're appreciative of what he's doing in his life. By all means, please say that to him because he's the one that did it. And lastly, it's not a point, but it's a big, big thing I stress on because this is Metro Praise. Because we are Elevate and this is what we teach. And we tell you to ask for help because we are a church that that, that really stresses on accountability, that really stresses on being into your lives as forming a relationship with you to help you, to teach you every single one of these points, to teach you how to pray, to teach you how to spend time with God, to ask you, have you fallen in love with God? Have you spent time with God? Have you confessed your sins? Have you done all that? Have you listened to what God is telling you? We're going to ask you that in accountability. And I challenge you guys all here today, if you are not in the 101, that's what the 101 consists of. And if you want that, I encourage you because it's not about head knowledge. It's not about just coming to church on Saturday and and whatever Sunday. It's about having an intimate relationship with God, and that's what God showed me. I can go to Bible college all I want, and I messed up my first three years of Bible college. Here I am, my last year. And I realized that, that it's not God. It's not only about learning about all I can get from God, but it's about really, really having a relationship with Him. And it took me that long to be stopped, to, to God tell me, you're being immature. And I'm telling you guys too, are you being immature? Are you pushing away from what God wants to tell you in your life? Are you coming to church just to come to church to check it off your list? Are you really stressing on having an intimate relationship with God? Because through that intimate relationship, he's going to change you. He's going to make you a woman of God. He's going to make you a man of God. He's going to build you up to his standards, to his ways, to his way of thinking of you. Only if only we give up everything that we, if only if we sacrifice what we want, because it's not about what we want, it's about what God wants. Amen. If I can get you guys to stand up, I'm going to just pray, and I'm going to pray. Can you put up a uh, good song, please? Jesus. <sighs> Jesus. Jesus, 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 we come to you, Lord God. I come to you, God, broken, Lord, broken, God, for realizing I got a revelation, God, of what you did in my life, of what you can do in my life, God. And here I am throwing it away, God. And, and I am sorry, and I'm admitting that. I'm admitting I'm wrong, God, because I do want to fall in love with you more, God. And I'm admitting I'm wrong, God. I'm admitting that I need help. I'm admitting that I need help, God. And I know that it's through you, through listening to you, God. That's the the only way I'm going to change, Jesus. I pray, God, and I, I encourage you, students, if you have anything right now to give up to God, if you have anything that any one of these points that I touched on today, if you're struggling with any one of that, if I can get Monique, Chris, Adam, Hector up here, please. Stephanie, if I can get you up here. If you guys have anything in your life, any one of these points that you're struggling with, I encourage you. I don't care what point it is. I don't care if it's not a big point. I don't care if it's nothing. God is telling you right now. God is saying, come. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how how silly you think it is. I want you to come get prayer. Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for these students. God, we thank you for this word. I pray, God, that, that every student here, God, that every student here will open up open up his heart open up their heart jesus that you will just be able to reveal yourself to them god reveal yourself to them god reveal your love your intimacy jesus lord i pray god for just the spirit of just your anointing god to come upon every single student here god your your holy spirit god let your holy spirit god touch them god i for a fire god that will burn within their soul that will burn within their spirit oh god jesus overturn their heart god make them restless for you god if they were at peace if they're at comfort god i pray that you lift that off god and that you would pour your spirit instead god that you would replace every broken piece in their body every broken heart every person that has let them down every person that has hurt him or her god i pray that you will just heal that i pray for a healing in their body not just in the physical not just their body healing but spiritual healing god jesus jesus we lift your name on high god and we know that you are holy but we know that you are God that promises God. We know that you are God that, that, that doesn't lie. We know that you are God that is faithful to meet us. You are God that is faithful. And we pray and we ask for you to meet with us. We know that your Holy Spirit is in this place. We know that freedom is in this place. And we release it. We release it to do what it has to do. We release it to change the heart. We release it to break the chains. We release it to break off the bondage. To release the walls. To break the walls off of every student here of every leader here God Jesus I know that you have bigger things for them Lord Jesus, thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for what you're doing thank you God for what you're speaking to these these students after this this army that you're building up God I know that it's not about age I know that it's not about what you're what what they're saying what what, what their education is like but I know that you're going to use them God I know that you're going to use them God and I'm going to claim that but I'm going to live by that and I'm going to I by that, that you will use this generation, that you will use the young people, God, John, John was the youngest among them, God, and he changed, he changed so many lives, God, he was used, David and Goliath, David was one of the youngest, and you used him, God, to defeat the giant, and I know that you will use it with these students, God, that you will use these students to defeat the giants in their life, that you will use these students to defeat the things in their life of this world, of this city, of their high school, Lord, I claim it in the name of Jesus jesus hallelujah lord hallelujah lord god we just give you thanks if you're not getting prayer if you're you've gotten prayer go ahead and just worship god to this song and just give it all if you just want to pray and lay at this altar go ahead if you want to pray your seed just go ahead because god is in this place god is going to speak to you but you need to trust him step out on that that leap of faith just step out on that ledge knowing that God's going to catch you God is here and he will catch you he won't let you fall Jesus, thank you Lord God
1: If I If I give it all to you, will you take all new? If I give it all to you, will you take it all new? If I give
0: you Lord God
3: God you are sovereign God you are faithful
0: guys um we're gonna be ending in about two more minutes wrap up your prayers and just God is doing a great thing in this place he's breaking your hearts he's he's letting the Holy Spirit just minister to you God is the Holy Spirit and he's touching you and just bring it back to those points that I talked to tonight if you haven't given it up, Give it up to God now and just pray that. Make that the the essence of your prayer, the foundation of your prayer, that God, I want to be intimate with you. I want more of you. I want to fall in love with you for what I can give to you. hallelujah hallelujah god thank you jesus thank you for what you're doing tonight thank you for what you're gonna do god in these students lives god for the revelation god that they've received god for everything that was just inputted into their spirits into their hearts god for letting the the holy spirit god break the chains and the walls and the bondages they had god between you and them lord i thank you god for the word i thank you for your grace your mercy and your love god for the opportunity, God, to know that our names are written in the in, in, in heaven, God. That we are going to be with you one day, God. That we are going to be by your side, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we say, amen.